Welcome to episode four of Please Rewind. This is the podcast where we review classic movies chosen by you. And it's hosted by Steve Dunk and Jeremy Duff. So let's get to it. Here's Steve. What up, everybody? Happy uh, AEW All In London Sunday. And very wrestling fans out there. Wrestling uh, fans. Big day, big day. Records being broken. Um, already some titles changing hands over there, too. They're five hours ahead. So results are rolling in but uh other than that jerry i'm excited of course as always to talk to you and talk movies and uh yeah it's a nice day and you know life's good you know what it is a beautiful day uh yeah. i i took lucas to the beach here in oshawa this morning nice um and uh and and it was it was it was lovely but um i gotta say i feel autumn in the air already you know the sun was out but but there was a little bit of that breeze a little bit of a chill and uh and last night i put on a hoodie for the first time i got a little bit of a chill here in the house and um, uh and i think it's i think i think i feel it in the air school is about to start steve summer is ending and i'm starting to feel that a little bit of sadness about it now and and this this episode couldn't be more appropriately timed um, our, our back to school episode i think so yeah and that makes two of us i also have put a hoodie on last night for the first time it was mm-hmm. and this morning too it was a little chilly and just mm-hmm. kind of looking at the Future temperatures, yeah, we're gonna. The, it's the, the highs seem okay, but the lows are getting lower for sure. So, and you get that little bit of a malaise internally where you feel like, oh, oh yeah, summer's gonna end soon, and school's about to start. It, it's like like this memory from childhood. I feel like it's like this fear that school's about to start. I feel it right now, even though I'm. It's yeah, I'm like this with work. Where like uh, I'm glad I, I love that I don't work a Monday to Friday like nine to five job because to me you you have no weekend. You basically have one day because Sunday, if you're like me, you're already thinking about work. Yep. Um, and that was like for summer for school, even like. Your yep. last week of summer is ruined because you know you got anxiety and schools in yep. a week. Like you don't think about anything else at that point. So yeah, yep. you're right. Your it's new a, school supplies are sitting by the door. Your new, yeah, new school clothes right? are sitting in your closet. And it's like, oh yeah. Everyone's yeah. it's just change. You're right. The topics have changed. It goes from like, yeah, like just lazy days to like maybe trying to get your sleep patterns back in order. But yeah, you're right. The return of responsibility. Yes, yes. The end of um but yeah, so um, this is our back to school special. So we will be, we got a couple of uh, school themed uh, movies to talk about here, but a couple of things I want to sort of touch upon first. Um, uh, I know I, it's just because I'm a box office nerd, but there's some, it's, it's, it, it really is important. Um, this weekend, Barbie became, uh, or certainly when the official numbers come out, will have become the highest grossing film of the year. Um, not only North America, but worldwide. So it's going to pass um, uh, super the Super Mario Brothers movie uh, in both cases. Yep. And it's continuing hey, and, and it's continuing to make money. It made seventeen million bucks uh, it, or so this weekend, and it's sixth week sixth week of release. And there's still an IMAX release coming for it with unreleased footage. So uh, this thing is just going to continue to make money um, for this for the uh, studio and. With looking ahead for the rest of the year, the biggest movies that I think would even come close to a box office would be the Marvels and Aquaman 2 are left to come out. Um, neither of which of those films, like the previous film, they, they both hit a billion, but not as much as Barbie's made. So what are the chances the sequel will, will, will make more? There's no chance. I'm going to predict both of those movies are going to uh, underperform. 
Aquaman two is just primed to underperform. Oh, it's right? gonna bomb. It's with gonna all, oh, that's, yeah. That's gonna be a, a bloodbath. Like, with but all the, one, the with all the bad DC stuff going on, yeah. oh, and and, and and the other one was too long ago, and Momoa's yeah. thing is faded, and the Amber yeah. Heard Amber Heard stuff like it's done. Absolutely. Um, the Marvels, you know, there's yeah, like Captain Marvel made a lot of money. Um, it's got the three uh, superhero heroines in it now, but th- there's been some bad stuff, negative around it, and most of it just from you know people who hate women. Um, uh-huh. But that's enough to affect the box to affect the box office, anyways. So, yeah, I, I don't, I, I don't see either hitting a billion. I'll be surprised if either hits a billion um, point. So the point is that I think Barbie is safe and will we'll end the year uh, as the number one film of 2023. Um, yeah, no doubt. I think. And then then we've talked about the boost because of this film and Oppenheimer. And I want to talk about a couple things with with Oppenheimer and well, Christopher Nolan, really. But first of all, I want to do a correction. On the last show, uh, I said the bombings were in September, correcting you. And you were correct. It was August. I, uh, Batman okay. And yeah, yeah. You know, you were absolutely right. Well, I was totally you. wrong. Yep. Um, so I posted even, even on re-listen, I felt bad about getting that wrong. <laughs> I didn't look it up. <laughs> I was so confident. You were like, damn it. I never looked it um, up. Okay, yeah, yeah. And um, and uh, so I posted something on the page the other day about Nolan. There was just this funny, nice picture I found. It just sort of like ranked, didn't rank, but listed like the number of VX VFX shots he puts in his films, which are like, you know, in the high hundreds, right? 700. Right. It was just a fun graphic, but I thought I'd post it and use it as a way to sort of like, you know, favorite no threw it out there favorite nolan film rank your rank the films if you if, right. you're, if you're brave enough so i kind of hinted that i did and i'm going to drop it here right now um, oh go ahead so i haven't seen becoming that's his very first one that was like made nobody no one's seen it basically it was like a, an indie thing nobody's seen it so i haven't seen that film so i'm, I'm gonna not gonna rank that one but of the ones of all the other ones i have ranked them all so in order of my favorite to least favorite Dunkirk is number one, Memento is two, Dark Knight three, Oppenheimer four, Inception five, Batman Begins six, Prestige seven, Dark Knight Rises eight, Insomnia nine, Tenet uh, ten, Interstellar last at 11. Okay, we could fight over those last two, but go ahead. Well, I I mean, to me, it's simple. Tenet, I just didn't understand. Yeah, no, I no, my I have no, I have no love for Tenet at all. Yeah, yeah, I I have no idea what happened in that movie. I've seen it twice. I I don't know what the fuck's going on. You lost me now. Yeah, I'm done with you. Um, Interstellar has more to do with uh, the difference between my expectations going into that film and the and then the the product. You're right. Okay, I felt that way about it too. Yeah, Yeah, sure, sure. But I thought it was such a colossal failure for me personally. Right. I have to put it last just based on how now it's my fault, maybe for having such high expectations, I guess. But um, he was on a roll. I mean, he could do no wrong at that point. He still can't, in my opinion, basically. Like, I, like you know, um, I'm going to steal this from Dan Harmon, but he's like, I'm, he's willing to let, let one or two go over the plate when everything else is so fantastic. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was such a colossal disappointment. It's last for me, for sure. Yeah. Hmm. I think and I think, and I and I can't say enough good things about Dunkirk. Um, I absolutely yeah. love it. I just I was fucking mesmerized in the theater. I think it's I think it's beautiful and perfect. Um, I think it I think it's uh, I think it's Quentin Tarantino's favorite Nolan film too. Actually, now that I think about it, um, but yeah, I absolutely love it. And and up until Dunkirk, Memento has always been my favorite Christopher Nolan film. So mm-hmm. there you go. Well, cool. Um, you know what? I haven't seen. Uh, I've seen less 
Nolan than you have. I I've never watched Memento all the way through. Mm. Uh, I I don't enjoy it. Yeah, um, yeah. I and, love it. Uh, yeah. But I and I uh, I don't really love his Batman trilogy, as you know. Um, you know, I I like. I like Heath Ledger's uh, Joker, and uh, I like a, a couple of scenes. Uh, other than that, most of it, I, I would just, I would let go of. I would, I, I don't like it. Um, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, Nolan's not as important to me as he as he is to most people, honestly. Um, and I hate Tenet. I, I, you know, I, I was excited about Tenet, and I, I wanted to. I remember like being totally there for it, showing up for it. I loved Inception. Um, Inception is my favorite Nolan film. Um, but but yeah, ten, uh, on Tenet he lost me, and a lot, a lot of his work I'm take it or leave it. So anyway, yeah, I talk right. I talk too much because I didn't have anything interesting to say there. <laughs> Go ahead. No, no, that's cool. That's cool. Um, no, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's again, film is subjective, um, and he's yeah. he's he's you know he's in that sort of film preservation purist thing, right? Where he yeah. just he's he's stuck on his his thing, and and uh, you know I think. I think if anything, the reason, you know, people do knock his films, it's because they, they, they feel emotionally flat um, because yes. so like the general idea again, is that like his, his qualities as a filmmaker is just sort of unmistakable, but he, he does, you know, need someone to give him a good screenplay. He needs to stop writing his own films basically. Is what he <laughs> do. Yeah. Yes. Right. Like that was yes. my biggest thing with Oppenheimer uh-huh. um, um, here. Like Nolan is, is historically amoral, right. And apolitical where, this you know the subject of Oppenheimer and everything around it is is it couldn't be anything more than political and yes. moral right so right. yeah just just he, he just needs someone to write his films for him but uh I yeah uh, I'm a Nolan fan um but anyways on to today's subject so yeah back to school special which was funny and no one suggested the movie back to school but uh <laughs> um we'll get to I the- wish I had yeah, it's. A, I actually watched it last night because because this... uh, for me because I think it's it's a sequel to Caddyshack. Right, I know. Yeah, yeah. Right. Which is funny because I actually like Back to School and I don't like Caddyshack. So right, right. Um, I was laughing a lot still during Back to School, but um, giggling really. I guess I won't say that. Right. But um, these two films, the the one fact I do want to get out there before we introduce them is uh, they're both directed by women, which I thought was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, anyways, first up, uh, Fast Times at Ridgemount High. A big one. Both are big. Uh, Both are big. Um, Fast Times Times at Ridgemount High. Release date, August 13th, 1982. Uh, Oh, I guess that's not too far from today. Um, Directed by Amy Heckerling, her first. Um, She's, of course, famous for Clueless and a couple other great teen comedies. Uh, Written by Cameron Crowe. His first, I believe. Anything. Um, And then apparently loosely based on his own experience he actually went undercover in a high school for a year which i think is the yeah. most I, which i think is crucial to like this whole review like yeah like this it, is, well, it this gives is, it, it the gives, origin yeah. of this is it weird. gives it weight it gives it weight the origin of this is weird because what i read today or heard today was that he actually went undercover in a high school as an adult after he graduated high school yeah. went like attended a school undercover to do yeah. research and and the and these stories are actually nonfiction. They're actually stories that yeah. from that time. Yeah. Um, so like that, I mean, that weighs hugely when you're, when you're talking about. Yeah. It. The book. So the book, the book he wrote is called fast times at Ridgemount high, a true story. And then yeah. it got optioned and here we go. Yeah. Um, produced by Ir- Irving Azov, which is odd because he's known for music. He's a, hu- a huge music producer and, and uh, label person in the history of film like uh discovered the eagles uh, managed them their whole career uh it, it, huge amount it just so it's kind of a strange thing for him to get in the film but maybe it's the sort of rock and roll aspect of the film um starring of course jennifer jason lee phoebe kate sean penn john Dred, judge reinhold brian backer and robert uh, romanis 
um the debut for eric stoltz and nick cage um box office i know right uh made 27 million at a budget of 5 million so not 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 great uh but not terrible either and and for a comedy like that during that time pretty good um we'll get to it here but i just want to the trivia actually only because i just said it um he's actually listed as nicholas coppola in the credits um but that will be the last time he would use that name because apparently he got bugged so much on set for being a coppola that he that's when he decided to change his name his last name and he would soon break out into stardom uh, with a, a similar movie uh, of the era, which actually shared a shooting location, uh, which was uh, Valley Girls. There you go. So, yeah, but in the credits, he's Nicholas Coppola. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, uh, it's fast time. So, um, yeah, it's such a huge movie, isn't it? Um, it it's it's I, just, just first and foremost, um, I think one of, one of the things I think it does really well um, it's a really great example of how to tell multiple storylines. Yeah. Um, I feel like I didn't, I didn't have a stopwatch out, but I feel like everyone probably clocked out pretty close to the same, mm-hmm. like the mains, the four five, six mains. Um, I, you feel satisfied more or less with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, you feel like everyone got their screen time, their mo their, their moment, whether it was a hero moment or a, a tragedy, um, Everybody had you, an arc. You felt redemption. Yeah. You felt like, yeah, like it's it's just a really great example of 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 great. So obviously a good script and good directing. Um, just I thought it was that's the thing that jumped out to me. Like quick snappy edits, goes from scene to scene really quickly. Really quickly. Very but, M- MTV video like editing. Right, which was even before MTV or just yeah. Yeah, yeah. but um uh but just yeah, just like it just made I thought it was made well. Like just for whether you know you find any commonality or emotionality in it, like whether you connect yep. to it. I just thought, like from a mechanical movie making standpoint, I thought it's made very well. I I would agree. Yeah, um, it's 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 a little it's funny. It's only it's only this way now because of hindsight and because it's been so long. But like it's very like uh stargazing isn't it like <laughs> because we forget how many people are in this movie that we know now oh my god yeah that would go on to bigger and great greater the, heights the fact that eric stoltz and uh anthony edwards characters don't even have names in the script they're untitled characters like they're they're, they're, they're just dudes they're or whatever supporting yeah, yeah. cast yeah and yeah, both yeah. of those guys went on to have important movie careers yes um yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. And then, and then you know, you're in the you're you're in the the fast food restaurant scene, and there's just a shot of Nick Cage standing there for, in yeah. the background, right? And it's like, yeah, the first time you saw this movie, you had no idea who that dumb face was. But now, watching, you just holy shit, Nick, Nick Cage is standing behind him. <laughs> yeah, he was one of Brad's buddies in it. I think he's listed yeah. as Brad's buddy or something. Or he was a, he was yeah. it looked like he was a he was a chef or a cook in the in the in the restaurant. He was standing in the, right. the counter row. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's full of that. It's it's unbelievably full of that. It's, it's fun for that. Um, um, go. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, the, the biggest thing, and this is and this is can be attributed to what we sort of already discussed is is like how just it feels so gritty and real, doesn't it? Like yeah. it's it's like it's it's clumsy in a way that feel like makes it make these characters seem real. Um, nobody's there's like there's no there's nobody rich in it. It's right? grounded. There's nobody rich. Like everyone's yeah. has to get a job or. Like we all did, right? Yeah. Um, if we wanted money, we had to get a part-time job. Um, it, like, it's yeah, it's like it's it just feels so real and tangible. And then we have to assume that's because of Cameron Crowe's experience, you know, exactly. experiencing these things in in real life, right? So, I mean, when you write what you know, 
that should come across on the page. And that was the thing that struck me too, was just how, uh, how realistic it felt. It almost felt like a, like what was that movie kids, that weird documentary. I, I was, I did, yeah. I did put that in my notes too. Uh, yeah. it, it felt like kids did a lot of what this movie did. It, it, like kids is a very different movie, but um, it's, a, it's wildly offensive and weird and scary. It, and yeah, yeah, yeah. It, 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 it takes elements of what is done in this movie and kind of just, focuses on those for one whole movie i felt like um the the elements of of underage people having very adult sexual lives and situations and just portraying them without judgment like completely flatly just like treating it treating these 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 kids as adults um uh, you know uh, from a filmmaking pr perspective you know um it's kind of shocking and jarring uh and 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 it could, it could easily go go wrong. I think it does go wrong in kids um, a little bit. But um, uh, I think it, uh, I, I agree with you that everything is so grounded and realistically portrayed here. And every character, nobody is one dimensional. Nobody is treated as like um, being used as an example or an archetype. Um, everybody is a human being and shown uh, in a in a realistic and uh, em empathetic uh, light like you are you're given reason to care about even the shittiest characters in this story and and they're and they're and even the shittiest characters in the story have little redemption arcs um and nobody's a villain nobody's a bad guy um uh, yeah so like uh, this you're right no one's a bad guy no one's a villain and this is because and we're all i'm not gonna like necessarily disagree with you but i'm gonna say i don't think they treat them like adults i think they just treat them like humans human beings sure. um yeah. yeah because uh you know they're not treating them like adults in the sense that like uh only adults go through these things and kids don't like they're treating them like human beings like the you know like stacy losing her virginia in a dugout staring up at like graffiti or like one was like a nazi <laughs> graffiti or you know like some of the stupid like that's her memory of losing her virginity and i think more people would care to admit that the first that when they lost their virginity it's not fucking candles and flowers and you know like you know romantic music playing it's always it's going to be awkward and shitty and painful like they discussed her and and, and her uh linda uh phoebe kate's character yep. like it's that's what i'm saying i think they they when you treat kids like people like human beings you you end up uh you know with it with a with a positive net gain i think every single time and that was the big thing for me was that like they didn't treat them like uh adults they treated them like human beings and then you that's when you end up with like wonderful scenes where i mean yeah i think like because maybe she if, if there was a star at stacy but like you know clearly you know she gets picked on a lot like she goes through a lot of shit yeah um but you know handling it you know not like lying to their parents or not telling their parents anything and, and but it leads to like wonderful scenes like when brad has to pick her up at the after getting an abortion right and they sort of um you know they had that nice moment together as brother and sister were up until then they've sort of just been like nagging on each other right yeah um but 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 i feel like they they do portray them like realistically as brother and sister like they show them they kind of just live adjacent lives next to each other that you know cross over sometimes and when they do cross over they're allies right but but they're not always you know involved in the details well they are living in life. different lives she's a freshman he's a senior yeah. or whatever yeah. right like that's it's like real. that yeah. might as well be you know we know we remember high school right like the difference yep. between a senior and a freshman might well be is the grand canyon right yeah 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 and uh <sighs> Yeah, again, uh, 
back to Cameron Crowe's writing. Like these, these are not characters that he invented in his head, right? These are, right. These are people, people who he knew, and he's talking about their lives, and and it feels that way. And but but also I credit to his actual writing, and I don't know how much the screenplay is, you know, uh, accurate to the the text of of the book, but I I I. I imagine that it is through this whole thing because every scene in this kind of has a, a perfect like point at the end of it, either in the dialogue or in some like event, funny thing that'll happen right at the end of it. And it feels like, oh, that's a chapter of the story that just, it's, it's a great written chapter of a story. It's got a great punctuation point at the end of it that kind of wraps up the moment that you were in before you move on to the next moment. Um, but, It'd be but interesting just, to read it to see if he if if he did write yeah. it that way. Like, yeah, if I there's, do want to if, if there's like an abortion chapter, if there's a a virginity chapter, if there's a yeah. I don't go on down the list or whatever. But yeah, right, like the the car wrecking chapter, right. The, um, yeah, it'd be interesting if that's how he wrote it, or if or if it, all this stuff sort of like were through lines through through the entire book or not. Yeah. Yes um you do see through lines in the movie right but uh, there could be more in the book that is that is connected through through you know text that 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 you know maybe maybe there's some directing going on here and again now i'm just theorizing about what i don't know about but uh i felt like um the directing was so great at just getting to the point and there's a lot of scenes that are like really short like if you remember that scene where judge reinhold um uh, is is has to do that that terrible delivery and he decides that he's quitting that job and he quits that job you know and it's all like internal it's just him alone in his car listening to music um if you think about everything that happens in that scene it felt like it was it's a significant thing it, it was only one minute I, I like i was scanning through the movie trying to find a part because i you know i paused and got up and i had to come back and then i realized oh my god that scene was only one minute and i thought about it there's a lot of that in this film there's a lot of just great tiny short vignettes and and there's a great economy um, in, in, the, in the editing. Like, I love that you walk in on Judge Reinhold in the bathroom, cleaning it up, and he's in the middle of rehearsing his breakup speech, right? Um, and you remember that, you remember what, what, you know what's going on here because he mentioned it a couple scenes ago, but we just get like right into it. We just jump into it. And, uh, and, and we, all the context is just there and it's not explained to us. Um, I think there's a lot of great filmmaking like that in this movie. That seems funny too, because what's there's something written on the bathroom mirror that's like like it's like blow me or something or it's, like there's I, some graffiti. It was really offensive, yeah. It's something funny graffiti, yeah. and he's so he's rehearsing this, yeah, this important moment in in front of a mirror that's got something like funny written or gross written on it. But um, um, yeah, yeah, I totally agree. And like even, but the thing is, like they they do a scene and then they move on. Right. They don't yeah. dwell on it like the masturbate, yeah. the masturbating scene, the famous one. Right. They don't yeah. talk about that ever again. They act even the abortion. They don't even talk about it ever again. Like it's done. They move on. And she's she's already back at the saddle. Yeah. Like it's like they just they they these are just moments. It's it's like a, they're journal entries almost, isn't it? Like they're like it's these are moments in these kids lives. And then they're, they get caught back, caught up in the the whirlwind of chaos of what being a teenager is in high school. Right. So they just they right. just they move on where, you know, in some stories they might see her crying in bed over the abortion scenes later yep. or, uh, or, or, or complaining about the fact that they never bring up. She never talks about how uh, like losing her virginity, like how impersonal it was and how they, they talk about only that it hurt, but she never mentions like, you know, years from now, she's probably going to regret losing her virginity in a shitty dugout to some fucking 
jack off, right? Which, which is which <laughs> yeah. is part of why yeah. it's so awesome and real, right? Uh, yeah. Like, this generation of kids, um, you know, they were raised by these post-World War II generation and, and they were a lot more conservative and they were a lot more hush-hush. And it was embarrassing and shocking when you had to do these kind of things in your in your personal lives and you and you didn't talk about them. You just went, oh, don't worry, it'll be okay. Let's just move on, you know? Right. And, then, and then you lived your whole life having done that and you went, oh, look, it was fine. You know, I didn't need to worry about it. So it was all just experience that made me who I was. And I, I feel like that's kind of the, the last lesson of this story right is like like yeah all these shocking things happen to these kids and it's normal and then everybody's fine and then you should all be okay with that right and the fact that it's shocking to you is because we all kind of live in denial and and society kind of puts this blanket of 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 fakeness over over how we discuss our kids and think about their lives and 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 the stuff that's going on while we're busy trying to pay the bills and keep a roof over their head we can't watch them 24 hours a day right um i i feel like it's it's a sign of the times and and, and this movie wouldn't be made the same way today uh i, I feel like you know I, we would spend a lot of time talking about the long-term damage that's going to happen uh to these people from these events and and when you think about the way they leave the movie with just with just Mark and 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 Damone, with Rat and Damone, uh, just friends again, and and with Rat getting together with Stacy and having a long term relationship. Well, eventually, there's going to have to be a conversation where somebody tells Rat that his best friend got his girlfriend pregnant and they had to have an abortion before they got together. Like or not, right? Or well, he knows that they had sex. I don't think you're right, though. I don't think he knows, he knows they hooked he, up. He doesn't, doesn't know about the, the kid. Yeah, the yeah, abortion yeah. was just there. Was yeah. just Stacey's secret, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm sure Damone isn't going to tell him. Right? No, so, no, no, no. So no. you're right. Be, you're right. Or even just, or even the next time the three of them hang out. How weird is that yeah. going to freaking be, right? So, yeah. so how tragic could could Rat's future even be? You know, he might fall in love with this woman, marry this woman, find this story out later in some weird circumstance, and everything could go to hell. Like, um, but but that's just no. That you know, it was a happy ending, right? Um, well, actually, it's funny because, like, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's certainly happy in context, but like. It's very much a life goes on feel too, right? Yeah. Like, like Brad just still works at the at the convenience store. Still, you know, like they don't they don't say like when they do their blurbs. But at he's the, the end, manager now and not the employee, right. So, but which is so still which is who cares, right? Like it's but awful still it's, for him. That was an arc. It's awful either way. But like, um, and clearly not his what what his future is meant to look like. But like that's the thing. They don't jump too far ahead when they do their 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 uh, their epilogues, right? Like, um, it's just they don't talk about life after high school even really do they i mean i know they do the but this a brings little, me to a little, bit. a little bit but not nothing you know it like almost, stand by me is it like stand by me is it's almost. almost fantastical though which is why i <laughs> want to get to to uh sean penn right um the rest of the movie is so realistic that i have to assume that crow didn't just decide to make up a surfer character right just for the sake of like oh this film sure. needs a, a the script needs a surfer character you know no. we, i find that hard to believe but on the other hand, and now maybe it's just because we're so used to stereotypes like the dumb surfer dude or whatever. It's it's a cliche, right? But he was the first. He, no, but I mean, like, it's hard to imagine that person exists in real life. Yes. Right? Because it's such a cliche. It's such a movie trope, surfer boy, trope dude, right? Like, I've, yeah. I've been to California many, 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 many times. Yeah. Um, 
I've been to Hawaii many times. Like I've I've been to places where those dudes would be hanging out. I've never met a person like that in my entire life. Who I talks, feel like he's yeah. the exaggerated one. I yeah. feel like that, and 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 even Mr. Hand. I think so. If there's a part of the movie to me that feels a little little zipped up for for just for either comedy sake or, or dramatic sake, it's the it's the Mr. Hand. Um, uh, fuck. What's going up in this room at the end? What's his name? Uh, Sean Spicoli. Uh, Spicoli. Shit. Yeah, that's the part that I feel like you know they might have like oh this these the these characters need a little something. So yeah. I feel I feel like those would be more embellished characters of people he actually did meet, right? Whereas I feel like, I think I read that, like, the Ratner character was based on, like, his only or personal friend in high school when he went back for that year. Right. Um, and and then, but the other one so, feels so realistic that, um, I mean, there's a couple of weird gaps and stuff. Like, I don't, why is Linda hanging out with Stacy? Like, why is she a senior hanging out with a freshman and he doesn't seem to have any other friends? I don't understand that part. But, um I think it's because they work together at the pizza place. I sure. Um, and, uh, but yeah, the Spicoli Mr. Hand stuff feels the least, uh, it's to me, it stands out a little bit, you know, from the, from the other tone from the rest of the film and characters. And yet he's on the cover. He's, he's the far and away, the most popular character, right? Like, yeah, he's the Fonzie. He's yeah. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it, to me, it's a little odd. Um, enjoyable though. Like I love it when Mr. Hand goes to his house. I love that scene. I love how they they find something in each other that they can you know maybe not like but at least you know understand a yeah. little bit um, and uh, but yeah that 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 part those those things and then that leads to the most fantastical fantastical epilogue bit which is Spicoli what was it where he uh, he wins a bunch of money and then hires uh, no he 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 or, rescues Brooke Shields from drowning right, right. because he's they're yeah, probably yeah. surf they're surfing right, somewhere right and. Then he blows the reward money, hiring Van Halen to play his birthday party. Right. So, I mean, of course, it's, you know, we all live on Earth, so that that is possible, but feels highly unlikely. But, um, but yeah, but yeah. the rest, but that, but that stands out um, a little bit too much for me, but, um, but I enjoyed it though, nonetheless. Um, reading sort of like and there's some funny and then talking about sort of like like nancy wilson right her her cameo there's a and then you talk about like uh like uh, so spicoli um apparently matthew broderick was offered the role and turned it down oh um, i did not know that yeah wow. so you know we could have had um ferris <laughs> as fucking yeah. spicoli so hard to imagine anyone else doing that role but um um jody yeah. foster apparently was going to be play stacy at one point um wow but there's uh, Justin Bateman was going to be Linda was going to be uh, Phoebe Cates's character at one well, point too. That would have worked. She turned it down to do Family Ties. Apparently, um, Tom Hanks was considered for the role of Brad Hamilton. Um, oh wow! Which yeah, sure, yeah. probably would have worked. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I do want to one thing. I do want to talk about because it's the famous scene. It's been copied now so many times. The pool scene. Mm-hmm. Um, if you weren't around during that time, you might not remember this. Um, but uh, Phoebe Cates is like spoken, right? She was okay. I I wanted to I wanted to mention this. I'll do it now. Um, She's married to Kevin Klein, by the way. If anyone doesn't know that, actor the, Kevin Klein. Yeah. The great scene in the movie where they talk about how um, uh, a lot of girls have started dressing like uh, Pat Benatar. Pat Benatar. Right. Yeah. And, and that there's the Pat Benatar. She's a Pat Benatar. She's a Pat Benatar. Yeah. Um, after this movie, 
people started calling people girls if uh, referring to them as if, if if they were a phoebe cates or not right right because yeah. phoebe cates became the the like the like sexy yeah. uh uh hollywood uh female icon um from this movie from this scene this this scene is burned into adolescent minds from my generation um and and became like culturally ubiquitous you're right it, it has been borrowed everywhere it has been um satirized everywhere you know and uh, <clears throat> it, yeah it is uh it, it it's iconic i use that word too much on this podcast but um it is um and i i see it so differently now i i i'm i'm you know i'm gonna let you finish before i, I get to my uh my my anal, anal analysis of how i see this movie differently than than when we were young but um but you're right uh phoebe cates became the shit after this movie um yeah i had a huge crutch on her i still kind of do um she's just a, a lovely beautiful woman and um yeah this uh you know this of course as a young fucking you know boy you yeah. know <laughs> it's just a great you know i would also be in the bathroom masturbating probably seems pretty yeah, realistic yeah, yeah. when you when yeah you, when you, yeah. yeah like yeah, yeah. Like judge ryan hold coming home seeing them in the backyard running to the bathroom like that's like that's that's a fucking high school yep dude thing yeah uh, and uh and and nobody nobody's played again like nobody's played off creepy like it's just it's just real and awkward and yeah and and then it's got this phoebe cates moment in the middle of it that is so so remembered yeah. phoebe cates is great in, in this movie actually and there's some great like the, the the girls bathroom scene it's at the dance or something where they're all all the women are in the bathroom and they're all just doing their own thing and she's bawling and talking about breaking up with her college boyfriend and um her just the you know the let all she's the sage right she, yep. she's she imparts all these nuggets of wisdom onto the young stacy and but you're never quite sure if, if linda's full of shit or not mm -hmm. um you're never quite sure right? whether the boyfriend uh, is real or not right you're never yeah so like you don't is she just bullshit because then that's what brings into question like well why didn't she have any other friends like maybe yeah. she's full of shit maybe the, the the girls at her school really think she's a liar and and bullshit so she's forced to hang out with freshmen but you know, I'm for sure. I'm probably projecting, but um, I think she's real. I think she's real. Honestly, I yeah. think what she is is the representation of the girl who's only interested in older guys. So she doesn't really form bonds too many too many bonds with the people in her high school, and uh, and people do kind of wonder if she's full of shit because they never see the guy she's talking about. I feel like yeah. I feel like that she was a real person at the, in the school Cameron Crowe went to. I feel like um, so. Anyways, for me to you know, it, this this movie's in the National Film Registry um, for good purpose, for good reason, I think. And I also think that like I think originally it was going to be directed by a man, but I think this movie absolutely benefited from having a woman at the head of this film. It, it, like you just, I mean, you don't need to be a fucking super awesome philosophical psychology dude. To know, to look at those Stacy scenes and think, oh, geez, that guy would have done a much better job directing those. <laughs> like, no, there's no, just no. right, there's just no way. And and even just like also the utility to Stacy is is only from a woman's perspective. Where like, like we were the ones who you know put this idea into people. Like, I'm not. This is gonna. There's no really great way to say this, but she got an abortion and she moved on. Yeah, she lost her virginity and she moved on. Yeah, she like it would it, like it's a series of awkward things, which is isn't that what fucking high school is a long yes. fucking series of awkward moments yes. where, where you're just trying to survive. And uh, regardless of where you fall in the fucking hierarchy or whatever, right? Like, it, yep. it's it, this is it had this. It, yeah, 
uh, it's it, it benefits this film benefits from from Amy Heckerlin's touch for sure. And um, yeah, I I mean, I'm interested in hearing your thing. I'm I'm sure it'll have something to do with you being a father now. Um, <laughs> but anyways, this is definitely a please rewind for me. I uh, I really 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 I've always loved this film. I've seen it a lot. Um, I think it plays holds up so well because the issues are obviously still so relevant. And and we've seen some like good, brave filmmaking, especially when it comes to young girls these days. Right. Um, yeah. From some directors who are out there doing doing good work, for sure. Not by coincidence, female women directors. Yeah. But um, yeah, it definitely please rewind for me. Right on. Right on. Um, awesome. OK, well, uh, you said a lot. Uh, I will not take too much time, but I'll make sure that I covered all the important things I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, uh, I think you have to talk about Spicoli off the top uh, because like this character became uh, a character that was replicated and rippled out throughout pop culture. I feel you, you have no Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure if you don't have Spicoli first. Uh, there's a lot of like characters who were similar to this who came after after this um like mind-blowing performance and i i want to say i think the reason people love this character so much not not just because he's funny um and he's you know he's he's in a, a story with some of the best writing um i've seen in a long time um but uh but because he's such a, a good-hearted person like there isn't a negative bone in his body he is never trying to harm anyone he's only trying to have as much fun as possible and avoid any negative consequences and and, and you just can't help but like him and the and and the whole deal with him winning over mr hand in the end i think it's as much about the character of spicoli being impossible not to like um right it, it kind of the tipping of the hand that like we just watched seven months of their lives uh, with them at each other's throats but we're kind of seeing now that the whole time Mr. Hand kind of had the wisdom to like actually like this kid and care about him and actually actually want to help him. And and you're right, that scene at the end uh, it definitely would have played out the way it played. But I feel like, um, you know, there could have been a story about a teacher who had a thing about kids taking up all his time in class or he'd show up at their house and, and like actually going through with it for this one kid. Right. Who he like like had an epically, you know, challenging year with or whatever. And uh, it became important to him. Like, I, I, I can see that happening. Um, I feel like, I feel like there's this thing, I have no data to back it up at all, but I feel like there's this thing where like, if you were to ask any, you know, any longtime teacher, it's those are the students they remember. Yeah. Right. I agree. Yeah. yeah makes sense yeah. and 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 it's great and it's it's in the dialogue you know mr hand do you have a student like me every year who you make an example of and right yeah, yeah you know like it's like yeah all of that is kind of revealed there and I, it's it's you know yeah not super realistic to see but heartwarming and and just awesomely written and and great but payoff like so much just paid off so much that came before it in this movie um, this movie is only 90 minutes long, which shocking to me because so much happens in it. And again, yeah. it's, it's down to the amazing writing and, and the punchy directing, I think, and editing. Well, like, yeah, um, did you say earlier, it's, it's economical. I think it was the word yeah. you used and it's very economical. Yeah. Very, very economical. Yeah. And, um, and doesn't, doesn't over explain things like let, let's the audience tell from what's happening on the screen, you know, a lot of what's going on. Um, 
but also just you know has amazing dialogue throughout um i thought the character of rat it's interesting that you said that that, that was actually cameron crowe's one friend uh in high school because i thought if cameron crowe was writing himself into this at all it was through the character of rat because it really reminded me of, of cameron crowe's own self character from almost famous which he did write himself into um uh, he would be the closest anyway uh, allegory to that character um but but so real <laughs> um uh it, it's this movie is loaded with um like it's just i i, I said this about the, the last i said this about um caddyshack about how they seem to like inject cool stuff from the 80s in it well this one was loaded with it like every frame was just loaded with 80s like really cool cultural stuff from from a teacher sitting playing with a rubik's cube to like every time you're in a bed you're in a bedroom it's full of posters of stuff you have to you have to pause and you have to look at every poster in every bedroom in this in this movie There's oh so much. like well even just like tickets uh, concert yeah. tickets yeah. um they're in an arcade at one point um even just the mall like a movie theater like that in a mall the pizza yeah. place in a, yeah no you're right it's it's very of the time yeah um, the opening scene, the opening sequence is is uh, is it's just loaded with with just the culture and the the quick cuts and the video games and everything's happening and 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 the mall being the same mall that we just saw in Wonder Woman '84 and Stranger Things, um, but also being a mall that was in like five or six iconic movies from the '80s. Um, I don't know. All of this is like uh, it's like the fact that this movie is is so early, like before all of that. It's like started all of that, right? Um, huge. Um, I don't know if I wanted to talk about anything else. I already mentioned that it's crazy that uh, Eric Stoltz's character was not even uh, named. <laughs> uh, so unimportant he seemed back then and how important he seems now to me anyway. Um, and, and to me, uh, you had a problem with the ending scene with Mr. Hand. I had more of a problem with the ending scene with the pot of coffee and the robber. Uh, I, okay. I thought, but all of this is so ridiculous. Like, like, it, is, does that convenience store really have that safe where it is? Like, was that real? Because that was stupid. I um, feel like that's a, that's a thing that used to happen. Like, I'm re specifically remembering scenes from other movies where the safe is behind the counter. Um, Robocop, uh, I think it isn't Clerks, isn't the safe somewhere? Like, there's, I think I don't that, that was safe a, from Clerks. I don't know. I don't, maybe, maybe, but, that's, but it always yeah. strikes me as like, I agree, it's stupid, but yeah. I, I think that's a thing. Uh, yeah. 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 Uh, the next thing is, um, you know, from a writing choice, are you are you really uh, like, like he, what he did was dangerous and reckless and like he should never have like they should never have tried to take down a robber holding a loaded gun at the, you know, by force, right, and, right. you know, like, so it's such a, uh, you know, it's it's unlike the sex scenes in the movie where you're like, oh, no, this is this is the kind of stuff that kids do all the time. You know, it shouldn't be shocking to me. It's just shocking because of my perception. Uh, this scene was like, uh, no, no, this is like not a normal high school story. This is maybe somebody heard a story like this in high school and it got exaggerated and it. You know, you could you could end up with something like this, um, but um, it doesn't strike me as a real story or or even like a, a good note to go out on as Judge Reinhold's like character arc. And I felt like it, it might have been intentionally trying to be set up as that because it reminded me it had a parallel to the scene at his first job where he got fired by the customer who was standing there demanding his refund. And yeah. He got all flustered and nervous. So this guy comes in and demand and is robbing. Well, he threatens to kick that yeah. guy's ass, which is right. why he gets fired. Yeah, right. 
but but he was out of control in that scene and got and lost control of it and and then he lost his job and lost his way and in this scene he takes control you know he fulfills his destiny jeremy and he becomes the manager (laughs) he becomes the manager right right so like that being his happy ending kind of struck me as okay that's uh, i don't know but you know certainly that's a minor minor. i think i think you're i think and correct please correct me if i'm wrong i think because it to me it's like it's it's actually like a complete circle there obviously um maybe too obvious but like that's him like i think that's you know obviously the hero's moment and i think like that's the movie saying see he was right all along um and all right but, and but i had yeah. but i think it doesn't play as well and and i this is for me anyways and i think this is i feel like maybe this is creeping into your opinion a bit um i think judge reinhold is like probably the least likable character in this movie like, I don't like I, I felt I didn't really feel a lot for the judge for Brad. Yeah, um, no. he was not the person I was most interested in seeing on yeah. screen in this movie. So, um, yeah, he's there, there for, for some funny stuff. He's not particularly charming. Uh, I loved, you know, his gesture with his sister. That was amazing, obviously. But like, yeah, I don't know. I think like when he gets and, dumped, you don't feel sorry for him. You just Yeah, I, I, I think like that's the, you know, sort of if they're, if they're putting a pin on it. And that's the scene they want to end on, right? Then uh, he, I think that's them telling us that you know he was he was he's that's his his like I said him him's fulfilling his uh, yeah his destiny, but yeah. just becoming manager that was his yeah. Well, I know, and because of the scene from earlier, though, right? Yeah. Like yeah. he he wasn't able to inflict violence. He clearly hates customers, <laughs> right? Because every scene you see him at work is dealing with a shitty customer, even the weird twins at the at that fish and chips place, right? Right? Like he doesn't hate them, but he's he's always encountering just weird people and and people that make him mad or creep him out or whatever, mm-hmm. right? So like, it's I think that's him just like exploding, like that's his mm-hmm. yeah. But anyways, okay. My final discussion point was just about uh, the the nudity and the sex scenes because it's easy to be really offended by by what goes on in this in that way. And and with good reason. These are fifteen year old girls, and they're shown naked. Or well, at least one of them is fifteen. I don't know how old Phoebe Cates is supposed to be in this movie when she's shown naked. But um, Stacy's fifteen and portrayed naked, portrayed having sex a few times, a couple times at least. Um, and 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 um, kind of like in the middle half an hour of this movie, there was one moment where I felt a little bit overloaded by nudity scenes, where I kind of scoffed and went, "Okay, like I would." I would have I would have taken that two seconds or three seconds out because it felt like we had like three scenes a row in like 15 minutes and maybe maybe just maybe two instead of three would have been better for me but I but I don't I don't find it offensive I don't find it over the top even though you know, I think Melinda did um I look at it differently now than I did when I was a kid when I was a kid this was a salacious exciting like uh, like turn on for me for sure right um and 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 Mel said something about she thinks it's just a soft core porn and 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 I I I kind of I kind of see how she gets that vibe from if you know from a section of this but and when I was thirteen I would have treated this movie like a soft core porno I would have used it like a soft core porno so she's not right she's not wrong I'm sorry she's not wrong to have that opinion but I think to write off the whole thing as that was the purpose of it and that's what it is I don't see it that way and and I think it's because. Uh, now I can have more of the point of view of the director um, because I'm an adult now. And when I look at those scenes now, they're not titillating to me anymore. They're like, no, they're violent know, and abusive. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and I don't, I, I, I don't, I don't accuse the director of, of, 
of having another intention anymore. I, I, I wouldn't. Um, I think I, I think I can see by the quality of this work, um, and and by the you know the consistency of every other element of this film, that um, although probably today uh, there would have to be a lot of editing, a lot of cutting out of this, um, it wouldn't it wouldn't get released. I don't think in in uh, at least not without a hard rating, but. Um, it, it maybe wouldn't break into the mainstream zeitgeist um, as much, right. or couldn't. Um, but I want to say, looking back at it now, I, I don't, I don't, I don't have any criticism of it. Maybe my, my personal taste is I would cut two or three seconds out. Um, but, um, but I don't, I don't accuse it of anything uh, wrong in that area. Um, so anyway, um, I, I really love this movie. Um, I, I'll probably never watch it again. I probably never would have had a reason to watch it again if, if, if it wasn't for this podcast. So I'm grateful to the audience for, for this. And this is what this exercise is about. Um, it's given me this opportunity to revisit this film in my adulthood and, and, and really form uh, my thoughts around it and really appreciate it more than I've ever appreciated it before, because, um, I didn't understand how good this writing was, uh, when I was a kid and I do now. Um, and it's awesome. And I, I loved it. So, um, it's definitely a... Again, I may never watch it again, but I'm glad I did, and I'm glad I had this experience with it. And, um, I, I, well, well, let's. I want to carry over the obje- objective objectification part of women into yep. the. We'll ch- take it into the chats, um, yep. I, and I'll ask Christy to maybe take the lead on that one. That's she's. I know she's dying to talk about it online, so sure. um, we'll let her take that over. But there's more to talk. A lot more to talk about there, I think. Um, mm-hmm. But we'll get to it uh, down the road. Yep. Okay, Jer. Well, up next, um, another big one. Um, Billy Madison. The big BM. Uh, release date, February 10th, 1995, mid-90s. Um, directed by Tamara Davis. Um, written by Adam Sandler and uh, Tim Hurley, who is his longtime writing partner, and they were college roommates. Um, and he was on SNL for a bit, or as a writer, so they've been... I mean, I think he's written almost all of his adam sandler films um starring of course adam sandler bradley whitford bridget wilson darren mcgavin norm mcdonald and larry hankin and then a bunch of more um it made uh yeah similar to uh fast times it made 26.4 million on a budget of 10 so it's like nah, not super great um but not didn't lose money anyways i guess so that's the important part um interesting thing about actually again this so directed by a woman and i like the, like the other one wasn't going to be originally um interesting thing so tamra davis who was married to mike d from the beastie boys for a very long time mm-hmm. um was fired from bad girls if we remember that western with drew barrymore for making it too feminist uh they even apparently sabotaged her set a bit trying to force her to quit but they ended up just firing her um and she would go on though to do uh she not only did billy madison but cb4 half-baked crossroads and a ton of cool uh, music videos as well Crossroads is a great movie. I hope we get to that No, the not the Ralph Macchio one, the uh, Britney Spears one. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> You're right. That was I was totally in the wrong decade. Okay, that's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, and and then she's done a ton of amazing. You look at her clients for her music videos, and it's 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 a lot of really cool fucking bands, like stuff we listen to, we like. Yeah, yeah. So cool. she's got some some credibility there, anyway. So and then I guess she was married to a Beastie Boy. If that gives somebody credibility, then. Um. Yeah. So Adam, like, listen, Billy Madison, Adam Sandler. I mean, listen, we, we don't get into Adam Sandler and his 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 impact on uh, on comedy, anyways, for sure. And he, he's a good dramatic actor as well, as it turns out. But. um yeah, his impact on comedy is is obviously you know almost almost without comparison. Um, 
especially when you factor in his uh uh what the happy madison production company how many films that has made other comedies him and you know bringing all his buddies along producing all their films like it's almost unparalleled really um in but billy madison is actually considered considered one of his worst films um it's one of his poorly most lowest rated um reviewed and um it's but it, but it's the one that shows up the most like if you just google 100 comedies of all time or whatever or 30 or 50 if there is an adam sandler movie on a list it's this one yeah yeah people it's it's big like people like it it has a huge following i i'm surprised by that box office number you mentioned honestly i like it feels I, like it made more you think yeah yeah i i remember yeah. this era of adam sandler being bigger than than that number um i think this benefited from sharing file sharing tape trading stuff like that because i mean if you know i don't know if this quote unquote uh college dorm movie right yeah yeah like i i just you know i feel like it's that it's a buddy group it's a buddy movie i feel like it's a movie you watch with buddies a lot or i'm sure a lot of college kids get stoners watched it like it's yeah, you yeah. definitely watch it with dudes. Uh, I, I don't yeah. know. Melinda loves it too, so yeah, that's not true, but uh, completely. But uh, the humor is 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 that kind of humor. Yeah, it's sophomoric. Um, it, I, actually, I think that's putting it. I think that's uh, it's idiotic. It's too much it credit. Is. Like yeah, it's, it's 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 wildly idiotic. Um, yeah, I keep wanting to compare it to Three Stooges, but I. I but I mean, just just like it, it, you know, his, historically, quality. because it was, it's again, it's it's because not all of his comedies get. Some of them are rated and and reviewed well. Um, yeah. But this one in particular gets 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 a lot of criticism. Um, you know, talk about you know. I know you watched the uh, Siskel and Ebert. Oh, Siskel and Ebert hated this movie, and 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 their review of it was a complete like um, like dismissal. Um, and and not only that, um, Ebert in his review of this film, I did listen to it this afternoon. Uh, Ebert kind of talked about how uh, Adam Sandler had no future in Hollywood because he just made himself completely as unlikable as possible in everything he was doing. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, I, I'm you know, Roger Ebert probably was embarrassed about saying Adam Sandler had no future in Hollywood, but um, they they hated this movie, and I, you know, I, I don't I don't completely disagree with them, even though <laughs> we'll get to that later. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like it's it's a weird movie, and and, and, and is it even a movie? <laughs> it's it's not. It's it's. It, a rich guy with his with his famous friends yeah but he's not they, he's, they, he's, they he's he, no no no. he's neither of those two things yet oh he's rich enough like compared to us he was he was successful on snl and he was one of the top comedy guys that would be named in a conversation well now yeah you don't think then i mean he's only done he had airheads coneheads he was a background character yeah, like yeah. this was his first leading movie yeah this is it yeah now I know because he did, you know, Happy Gilmore was the year a year later, so it wasn't S like SNL was important to us though. Like I knew who he was a lot, like very well before this. No, we knew who he was, but yeah. he wasn't the Hollywood no, not powerhouse that he is now. Sure, sure, and he didn't have the the and, he, and this is years from the uh, 
what are the fucking those stupid movies he did with his friends the when they go camping or whatever uh, uh <laughs> um come on uh grown-ups um he, he, did, he did did the grown-ups movies like this is grown-ups movies were like his sunset period like those oh like- well no his latest movie on netflix is getting like the okay, huge sure. huge credibility um um and he just won awards for uncut gems which was amazing no no yeah. i just mean as far as like doing favors for his friends earning his friends a paycheck right like this isn't then yet either right like this is not yeah. even there yet a little bit which we'll talk about he had a little bit of influence but it's it's funny but when i talk about it you'll see why he's not where he he's not there yet but he tried a little bit but okay. um but yeah no this is a. Uh, it's yeah critically one of his worst films box office didn't do very much but yeah it's 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 kind of always there isn't it right for a movie that performs so well critically and at the box office it's always in the conversation it's when you talk about it gets like quoted daily it feels like but you know what i mean like people this is it's just it's in the air it's in it's in the this movie is in the water like it's like there's so many quotes of people from this film that people use all the time. It's crazy. It's probably been streamed and rented so many times that like he's probably made half a billion dollars from it since. I wouldn't be surprised. It's been so long. Like it feels it is, like, yeah, yeah. It is so ubiquitous. Yeah. Like it, like his total take from it right now, there's probably no way to calculate. He probably has a, a rough idea in his own head. But I bet you that um like this pays off as just uh passive income <laughs> like <laughs> yeah today, yeah, yeah. yeah you know oh yeah i'm sure yeah um well especially since he wrote it too so he's getting that check too right, right? but um no it's uh it's it, you know it, it, there's a little bit of a homegrown thing too right so this film movie was filmed in toronto and oshawa um uh right across the street from my high school and they actually came and got a bunch of us to go over and sit in the graduation scene at the end um and so it's it feels uh we have it anyways i do anyways there's just it's just a story to tell uh, so i have that attachment to the film as well but um yeah. um it actually pulls me out of it yeah because like you recognize the yeah because parkwood mansion is is two blocks from me it's walkable i i, I see it every day so it's very very familiar so that pulls me. you out but that doesn't do that when when they do like Casaloma stuff or anything no, 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 it pulls me out of this because I'm like you can see it from your house right now. I, I yeah, feel yeah, like this. Yeah. I feel like this movie is is so cheap. Like I could, I could, like if it had enough money to get the the equipment and the and the staff that I needed, I could just walk up the block and make a better one right now, anytime. Like, and the fact that I'm so familiar with with the, the locations makes it feel even cheaper to me. Like, I'm like that's just fucking Parkwood, right? And <laughs> okay. also, like, and and the fact that they and that's why the ten million dollar budget is so crazy. Like, I feel like right. they it wouldn't shouldn't have cost that much to make, but um, <laughs> interesting. You know, maybe where the money how, went. How much was spent on cocaine? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, but. Um, but yeah, but there is, I think there's some stuff. So I, um, one thing we talked about in the first film, which actually happened here as well, but um, Steve Buscemi and Chris Farley, uh, neither of which were, this wasn't their first film and and had a bit of notoriety for sure. Um, both are uncredited in this, in this movie. That's weird. Isn't it weird? Because 
Chris Farley's a major character. This well, he's not a major. He's not a major character, but he's uh, an ending celebration seat. Even like he's, he's no, no, he, no. I'm, but he's not a major character. But I agree, he's in it enough that he should get a credit for. It. And I think, and everyone knows the Steve Buscemi parts, right? Like yeah. you know, those are maybe the two most famous people. Moment. So did they both agree to do it for free just to help? Well, them? I don't know. I couldn't find out why. And I mean, people get on credit for all sorts of reasons, right? Maybe you know, it's either a, it's a lot of times it's union issues or something too, right? But yeah. Um, if you're not credited you typically don't get paid right so i i don't i can't imagine though bushimi at that point i mean he was they were both working actors i i don't know this is where i want to talk about maybe like where sandler even back then he's not the again he's not the industry power he is now but he a little bit of influence he tried to wave it like um he originally wanted um uh bob odenkirk to play bradley Whitford's role the villain Okay. Um, the studio didn't, he so he was it. really pushing for it. So, and the studio listened, they would, they entertained him with the idea, but they eventually said no, because his background is Saturday Night Live as well. We don't want a comedian in the villain role, right? right? Or somebody known to be a comedian. Um, so then they told him that. So then Adam Sandler wanted Philip Seymour Hoffman to play the role. Wow. Uh, and it actually convinced the studio of it, but Hoffman turned it down. Right. So a little bit of power there, right? Like yeah. not a not a ton, but a little yeah. bit. Not enough to like nowadays. You go, oh, I want Odenkirk. Okay, okay, Adam. Okay, Mr. Sandler. You know, right, you know but no, yeah, yeah. This is what you did to me in my head right now. So I'm picturing the scene that I hate in the movie the most, which is where where Bradley Whitford pulls out the gun, and then like the entire plot of the whole movie goes out the window because it's just like he wins because Bradley Whitford. <laughs> snapped and went psycho and has nothing to do with ready. with the the whole school yeah. thing yeah yeah the whole yeah. rest of the movie doesn't matter yeah. anymore because Bradley yeah. Whitford just pulled out a gun on everybody that's um, right so like who cares but um I'm just picturing what I have what I made would that could, could Bob Odenkirk have made that moment funny I think it would have been a lot funnier uh, maybe closer to funnier funny you know maybe Bradley Whitford just doesn't have the comedic chops to pull off some of the stuff. And maybe that's why I maybe I like the movie less is what I'm thinking. That scene is well, because then Buscemi's the sniper in the thing. So like there's yeah. this like it just goes it's totally off the rails. Um, you know, it's all... set up, it's set up and payoff. I I kind of Buscemi's part is kind of one of the things that I actually like about this movie. No, I know, but that no, yeah. no, I like the Buscemi stuff too. Yeah, yeah. which is what's something also I want to talk about. Um uh the Bradley Whitford stuff, Bradley Whitford. Whitford, sorry, not Whitley, is is interesting to me because, like, when you think about it, it's almost like a, a small dose of reality. Because in no world does Adam Sandler beat him in anything related to intelligence. Yeah, right. Like in the movie, sure. I mean, in not sure. in universe. I'm not talking about in real life. I sure. I, they're both smart guys. I assume. I don't know. Um, Right, like there's no way that happens. Sure. Yeah. Um. So it, it would take some. So okay, but we still need Winford to lose, right? Right. In and I mean, quote unquote, lose the universal battle that's happening. You know. Right. So uh, have him pull a gun, right? Yeah. Make like not make it not about smarts. Make it not about intelligence. Put it on like Happy's, not Happy. I keep confusing his fucking movies. Yeah. <laughs> Billy's level, not that Billy's a violent gun, but I mean something yeah. that is simple to understand: gun bad, murder bad, <laughs> right? Yeah. So I'm not saying that it makes it better. I'm just saying to me that's why they did that. 
yeah okay i i <laughs> i can see them saying like listen no one's going to believe that this idiot billy madison could beat this sure. guy in any any iq battle but in a traditional story of any kind the hero would beat the villain like from some internal um you know no he uh, doesn't he just survives and the wrestler the, the, pre the, the principal does more to to right. win the day than so the, yeah. instead instead of but but they decide oh that's not funny if we make billy actually uh, give a give him an actual hero moment right What's funnier right. is if this bradley whitford guy is just such a piece of shit yep <laughs> that just surviving is is winning right now yeah and then he's and then he's out of the picture so 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 um billy madison gets his dad's company by default right well um, he gives it to carl but yeah yeah and he gives it to carl but he gives it to carl he wins it yeah, yeah yeah his yeah. agency yeah right? yeah um so yeah in the end like the hero does get he does get the goal that he set out in the beginning of the movie but he got it because his opponent was removed not because he actually won it with any of the efforts that he i guess it i guess it depends because i mean remember like originally though all he was supposed to do was get through school yes and then he would get the company right like the 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 one-on-one -on -one thing was something that was added at right. the end when when right. he was but, so mad that Billy was actually always, achieved his goal yeah but it was always bradley whitford gets the company if you don't it was always no no but oh yeah but he completed the task which was finished school that's all he right. needed to do originally true the the the, the one-on-one -on -one battle was something they added at the end because um uh well sandler fell short or something right like he didn't oh no he passed high school or something no, he yeah didn't, he didn't, he didn't finish, finish school, school because the teacher accused him of cheating and he, he was like what's the point now no all the weird shit came to light which created enough doubt that maybe there was something happened like it wasn't being played fairly right yeah. remember then dad was yeah. like oh this is so confusing like so yeah so they added that competition just to, to seal the deal so um but this is what I'm talking about. There's a weird thing to this movie. So like there's this, <laughs> I mean, you can't watch this movie with uh, and and grade it with any type of sort of realist, realistic expe expectation, right? Because Billy Madison is so insanely uh, like mentally challenged, mentally handicapped, right? Yeah. In no world does he take over anything. Um, mm -hmm. You know, like the entire, like it's the entire, usually the point of view, because the lead character is the point of view, it's supposed to be sort of us, right? But in this, it's the opposite. The entire cast is Frank Grimes, right? Like, mm. and he's Homer, right? Like, whereas, right, like that's, we're all being like, uh, come on, like, look at this. This guy's an idiot, right? Like, yeah, what's yeah. happening here? Why is, like, even just the idea of going through all those grades again, like, there's no school in the world that would allow yeah. that, right? Like, yeah. and there's no world where he beats that guy in, in an IQ battle. There's no world where he takes over a million right. dollar company, what the hotel company. It, none of it's real. So you can't think of it as real. I, now, I'm just proposing this, right? I'm not saying I, I'd necessarily think this, but so it's a fantasy. Okay. The, there's a speed there's a moment where like i don't remember why happy goes to do something i keep saying happy fuck me billy madison goes to do something yep. and the dad's the dad great dad from christmas story right yeah um he's staring out the window and he and he has a little speech where he's just like i really hope you find it is what you're looking for billy like there's a really honest earnest moment where he's you know like he he's he's saying like this this crazy weird dude He's on a journey, right? Mm -hmm. 
Like he's insane only compared to the standards and conventions of society. He's either ahead of us. They're acting like he, it's some freaky weird genius who's ahead of his time or from a different place or from a different planet even. Right. And he's on a journey. Right. That's the, he's, it's the hero's journey. Right. Right. And when you think about it like that, I started thinking about this movie as like a metaphysical, like an origin story in a way. And I keep thinking like, you know, what, what I think about more, what is Billy Madison like at the end of it more than what we see mm-hmm. during the film and that's like an origin story. So I'm just like, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, is this, is it possible at all? They were thinking this deep. Like, is this, do you, do you, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know if I agree with yeah. this. It's just, yeah. it's kind of the way, like, and it was that line from his dad that really clicked it for me. I'm like, geez, that's kind of like a, what a moment to ponder there. Right. Um, well, I mean, his arc does end with him deciding that he wants to be a teacher and and all of these experiences he had with education are paying off and that he's found his way in life. He's found something that he's passionate about, his true calling. So that's, yeah, that's a traditional origin story yep. arc told in a very... No, but I feel I feel like an origin story from the sense that like he's, you know, I it would be funny if like teaching whatever some lower grade ends up. But I mean, maybe it's appropriate for someone as stupid as him. But yeah. but right. But at the same time, it just feels that, to me, it's like it's like I felt like for a second they were trying to give us a sense of a bigger, larger thing. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that it reaches for that bigger or larger. I, I, well, I don't think know. it. I don't think it hit it. But I'm wondering yeah. if if you agree that maybe they were even suggesting it. The intention. No, I I don't. I I I feel like that kind of intention was probably banned in the writing room <laughs> of this film. Right. I feel like if you if you suggested that, you got your hand slapped. Um, right. Right. I feel like this movie goes for the opposite of that at every chance, and and it's trying to it's trying to not ever do that intentionally. It's trying to be Three Stooges. It's trying to be farcical. It's trying to be fantastical and just funny. And the rule is, what if it's funny, it stays. And right, right. I, I feel like they just didn't have um, the the critical eye of, of their own work to tell that there was so much that that wasn't funny that stayed personally um or or and they also didn't have the experience as writers yet because this was their first film they didn't have the experience as writers yet to know that everything you put on the screen has to have some at least tiny little explanation of why it's happening a payoff at some point why is this character doing what they're doing why is like there's a part where where i say it's not a movie there's a part where it stops trying to be a movie in the in this very early very early on when they're on the staircase and when Billy Madison has just um, made the deal with, with his dad and he just thought of it on the spot. Right. And then it's all over and all the other characters leave him alone on the staircase. And then for no reason, I'll oh, tumble for you. Comes a, on, a musical starts playing, yeah. and he starts yeah. dancing. Yeah. And it's like, what happened? Like, the, like this wasn't a musical yet. And like, no, there was no stereo in the room. He's on a staircase in the hallway. There's nobody else in the room who put a song on. He didn't press a button on his iPhone and put the song on. Like nothing happened. The song just started playing and he started dancing to it. And then they stayed on that for like 30 seconds because they thought he was being funny. And then they cut to another seat. Like it was... Um, no, it's just so amateurish. It was just, oh my God, look, Billy, look, uh, Adam Sandler's funny. Isn't, isn't he funny? And we're, right. and, we're in, and we're in this mansion, right? Like, like, um, well, and, it's wildly and, inconsistent because I mean, then even like there's the penguin stuff that only he can see, but then it's, it, then it's 
alive at the end because it's right. it's making out with uh, Farley, right? So yeah, um, you're in the the finale celebration at, at that point. It's like yeah. the credit. Everybody's giving their bow basically at that point. Right, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's just like no, that with just to say like with the dancing thing as well. He's you know it's to I guess establish that he he lives in a fantasy world, right? Yeah. Um, and yeah, so I don't know like yeah, I, I I guess you know you could put that little explainer on it and kind of. Well, I think that's exactly why they did it. I, but I, but I agree, it's inconsistent with the rest of the film. Like when they do the musical scene yeah. later, uh, I yeah, I do think that I do think. Oh, is this the connecting? Is this is this the one piece of musical connection to like say that you know this is partly a musical? But no, that scene is just funny when it goes into like like that's the best scene in the movie. That the musical uh, number, him talking it's, about sticking it out with the in the fountain and all the kids like we're here to help you, baby. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's the most produced, most rehearsed, most yeah. blocked. Um, it's the it's the the most filmmaking <laughs> goes right. into that scene. Um, and it's the it's I think it's the high, the highest watermark of the film. And I took over your review. I'm sorry. You go ahead. <laughs> no, no, that was good. I mean, I'm I'm kind of nearing the end here, but like, yeah, yeah. Like, so like, I, yeah, I like it's I think it's it's okay, and I think they would even the people who made this film would probably agree that it's not like yeah, okay. it's not it's not Citizen Kane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's you know maybe they were disappointed with the result i have no idea but you know i have to think that they probably you know got i mean i know there was something where apparently sandler thought he was going to win an oscar for it whatever but uh, yeah, yeah. i you can't trust anything sandler says either right like yeah, yeah. He's, he's a comedian but anyways um but i mean you know yeah so like overall i think it's kind of, it's a wreck a wreck of a film but like you know what i mean like but there's it, there's you know moments stand the test of time for a reason and that can be yep. good or that can be good or bad and i think there is like there's some you know and because i guess the idea is 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 essentially so like it's it's almost like a the cat you know a, a good look at recapture the innocence and magic of youth but mm-hmm. um there were just a lot of nice moments uh you know i love i still kind of like when he pisses his pants and then he puts water on his own pants yeah to help the kid i, out. I just i just yeah. thought about how he would have probably went to jail for that <laughs> or not 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 even that he would have definitely his situation at the well no he well no over. well hold on yeah, like, well that's what that's where i said a few minutes ago there you don't deal with this in reality because he, right, right. he wouldn't be allowed to go You're to school right. with, with, right. with like especially the, yeah, he's not going to be in right. kindergarten. Imagine an adult in kindergarten. But yeah, I know it's right. it's ridiculous. Um, and but, Black so, Creek Pioneer Village. I need to mention that. Yeah. Oh right. Where they yeah, shot, yeah. Where they shot oh, that yes, scene. That's right. Yeah. Um, um, I don't know. Like the Farley stuff is kind of funny. Apparently, he drank like six espessos to get ready for that bus driving. Scene. I love it. Like, I love. Um, it. You know, kind of nice. Um, oh God, I, I don't know. Like. It's, you gotta love Norm Macdonald just being there, and he's and he talked about this. The bag times. of poop, the, the the poop scene, I guess, is still kind of funny, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah, Norm Macdonald, um, just getting a paycheck for just being there and just like being on screen, basically. Like Norm does almost nothing. He's got a couple. Of Apparently, lives. he really did fall asleep on scene a lot. Yeah. Um, so like, yeah, he got a pretty good paycheck there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, but then like, there's the then it goes like, <laughs> you know, takes the dramatic turn where he calls Steve Buscemi because he's going, he's 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 whatever step that is of AA where you're supposed to go grievances air past grievances or whatever and he's calling all the people he thought he was a jerk to in high school or whatever right yeah um somebody's amazing in that scene. because he goes to high school and he's not cool anymore or if he ever was and he's hanging out with you know quote unquote nerds or whatever and and he's he learns a valuable lesson he sees what it's like to be bullied right yeah 
Um, so he goes on this little redemptive thing and he calls Buscemi, of course, the famous scene where he puts the, he's like, yeah, no problem. I like the way he <laughs> delivers that line, it's right? It's amazing. Yeah, he's yeah. so great. And then leans back and then crosses his name off the list, the kill yeah. list and puts the lipstick on and so be it. Um, yeah, kind of, I like, I like, I do like that stuff. Um, yeah, I think there's, I think there's a lot of like, it's, it, it, I think the, I don't, it's like sort of like, I like a lot of the parts, but I don't like the sum. Right. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. So I, I, I don't, I'm with you. I, I don't, you know, I think like I'm definitely would rather watch, uh, um, Happy Gilmore, you know, oh, and rest All in right. peace, uh, Bob Barker. Um, so let's make it official though. What sound, what sound effect am I putting in here right oh, now? Oh, I'm, yeah, Stop. you can return this to the shelf for whatever. All right. Be kind. Steve says, there we go. Boom. Um, all right. Do you have any final thoughts then before I don't go into it? All right, man. Um, uh, we're very, we're very, very close in our opinions of this movie. Um, um, maybe I like it less than you. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, in the first 15 minutes, I was like, man, I don't know if I'm going to get through this. Cause, uh, <laughs> um, like uh, there's just so many leaps in the story. So many, you know, yes, it's, if it's a goofy comedy, like if it's dumb and dumber. Okay like the the story can be really like a oh, weird and wacky and and ridiculous and something that would never happen in real life but it's 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 kind of all based on how dumb these characters are and it's kind of all reflected off of more realistic characters like nobody's super realistic in those movies that movie but it's kind of you know handled in a way where it's like okay there's reasons for everything everybody says in this movie <laughs> and 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 it's and dumb and number i think is a masterpiece compared to a film like this right um but I, I don't want to give this film that same license, right? Because it doesn't it doesn't have that level of quality. Um, uh, so so I I, uh, I do have problems with the dumb story, um, and the fact, yeah, this the fact, just like you repeated a couple times, like this could never happen in the real world, and you need to if you want to go ahead and do it because your idea was it'll be really funny if we put adam sandler in a classroom with a bunch of children and let him be funny with them which is you know a great a, it is great you got to still think of some reasons to do it that makes sense so like you could have at least tossed in a line like wait a minute how are we going to do this oh we're rich we can make it happen we can make anything happen right and then you just assume they paid somebody and they worked it out right but like like they don't even give you like that little uh, bit of a bit of effort in the in the writing. It's just like ignore that the writing is bad because we're going to do something to try to make you laugh like every 10 seconds. And, and you know, a, a few times you will laugh. Um, so um, I, I don't have a lot of love for it, but I do have love for little elements in it. I, I, I love Chris Farley, you know, and um, a couple of his little scenes. Uh, great takeaways from this movie. Just he's just so funny. Um and uh, same thing with Norm, you know, maybe that's just because I miss Norm. And I love the fact that he just had a pretty cool life a lot of the time. And he talks about it all the time about how he just had to go and hang out with his friends and they would film him and then he would get residual checks for the rest of his life. Um, and this was like a really, really strong example of that happening, um, which I'm very fond of. Um, I don't know. I, like I when i was watching this lucas uh, saw it on and um and he got interested in it immediately um he he it was the poop scene and um he thought it was hilarious <laughs> uh but but then he immediately started saying shit uh, over and over again <laughs> uh, so i had to get him to stop watching it but um he did see the parts at parkwood mansion like the fountain and stuff and i and i was telling him you know this is two blocks away from us 
um, I'll, I'll go show it to you sometime. And we did, we went this morning and I showed him all the parts from the movie that he could see. And uh, he was uh, very excited about that. So, so that's cool. So there's a stuff about, about this I love. Yes. And my wife loves this movie and she'll be mad at me. But Steve, I am with you and I'm going to say, be kind uh, on this movie. My judgment is, um, I don't really want to see it anymore. And it's, and uh, you know, I, I, uh, I, I don't completely disregard its value um but um uh, i i think it's uh, it's it's part of not only the dumbing down of of hollywood comedy that happened in this time um which was very hit and miss and often miss um but it kind of just you know reduces the value of everything um it kind of led into some uh conservative cultural stuff that's going on now like this culture that loved this did not age well and is not doing well today and a lot of these people who made this movie unfortunately are wrapped up in that too and i think of a lot of toxic stuff when i when i think about it too now so for me it's back on the shelf um yeah you know it's a happy thing from the past but i'm i'm ready to leave it in the past personally yeah no there's definitely like yeah i would agree that like you know a lot of uh, people who are absolutely falling falling over themselves over this film when it came out are definitely conservatives now if they weren't then uh, mm -hmm. republicans most likely yeah for sure i mean it's like well and, and again uh, that crowd is like i mean chris rock is a conservative yeah. uh, david spade's a conservative yeah um like rob schneider is a fucking crazy yeah. fucking wacko conservative yeah. like no it's that whole group are all I, that I, is it's the double yeah. whammy of being rich and wanting tax tax cuts and also being comedians and and feeling the political correctness kind of wash over everything you're allowed to do over the last few decades um has just push them in the wrong direction it's money it's success yeah. yeah yeah you look at like dave Chappelle. grew up with nothing he goes yeah. from from poor to not allowing his town to build affordable housing and that and actually in ohio refers to himself as the greatest of all time now yeah. in his hubris and why because he made the most money out of anybody for a couple of years is that his reasoning for that because i don't know what else it is because he hasn't made made a funny special in like at least a decade he used to be one of the funniest guys around, but uh, greatest of all time. Like, how do you get to that hubris? Like, yeah, yeah I mean, a lot of it's just from other people telling him that too, I'm sure. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, no. So, I mean, listen, Sandler's, like I said, his place in is in, in comedy history is set. Um, yeah. His, you know, he's just, he has such a big effect on it. And yeah, um, he just won some huge award. I just watched a special. I don't even remember who it was, but he got some lifetime. Achievement Mark, award. Mark Twain. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah it was just his turn. Um, uh, well, no, I mean, listen, his, his, like, his impact on comedy is fucking gigantic. Yeah. Um, which is insane because, like, uh, the reason, like, I, I just don't, like, he's not somebody I think of immediately when I think of people who make me laugh. Like, I no. did not enjoy any of the Saturday Night Live stuff. Um, so, it, I, you know, that was always an odd thing for me, but. I, 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 I like I, I like a, I like I like sort of like Ernest uh, Adam Sandler I think he was fantastic yeah. in Cut Gems I think later he, in his career yeah, yeah like his stuff the last second half like like he got away from like the 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 morons right like yes. the like little Nicky and fucking Waterboy and like yeah. playing these mentally handicapped basically people right like it's the, the way he made his friends laugh when he was a kid uh, turned, exactly. turned, into, turned right. into a character right that 
you know, just which is just way hated. too passe now. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so yeah, there's a, and then he just switches over and starts doing you know adult, I guess things. But uh, drama. Yeah, yeah, more drama. But he, comedy still, but adult. I comedy. love it. adult comedies, yeah. right? Like yeah. you know, yeah. Punch Spang- Drunk Love, Spanglish. Uh, you know, like oh, Punch Drunk Love was great. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. I, it's it's it, you're right. It's it's very much of a time and place, and I'm sure a lot of people that you know enjoyed that movie back then and probably voted for Donald Trump. Uh, last yep. time around but um and rob schneider is like fully off the deep end oh no like, he's to- that's what i said that's what i said he's, up and yeah, yeah, yeah. Know, he's in- extremely far right so but like i said adam sandler's place in comedy history is set uh, it doesn't yep. it doesn't matter what we have to say about Absolutely. it but uh um any you know i probably had a pretty good influence on a lot of people coming up but uh yeah. especially especially as far as people taking over their own careers right like the business side of show business he, he's really good at for sure but even in this era there was some there was some good work that came later you know his work with drew barrymore was was usually pretty good uh, when they got together i don't know it just this was the very beginning and it was rough it was very very rough that yeah I don't, know. I don't write him off at all no definitely no no anyways cool yeah um so i guess that wraps it up we went a little long today um but but we had a really good talk and i really i really enjoyed myself steve is there anything you want to talk about before we wrap up then no just obviously subscribe and sorry about the delay in the last plus episode there's some software stuff but that's fixed up now um so you know follow subscribe whether you however you listen apple and uh, spotify i'm working on getting us on google podcasts as well um yeah october's coming so start thinking about those uh, scary movies and every episode that month will be geared towards that um i guess it's too late now but today is national cinema day so happy national cinema day if it's four four dollars a ticket at galaxies for any type of movie whether it's imax or whatever so definitely uh there's still time you can sneak out sneak out i mean this i guess will air tomorrow so it won't matter but uh i think that's it chair All right, then. So thank you for listening to the Back to School special of Please Rewind. And please join us again soon. But for now, I'm Jer. This is Steve. And we're saying goodnight. (laughs)